Hear ye, hear ye. The king has a message for you. If you will lay down the arms of your rebellion and you will swear fealty to your king, he will pardon all your treason. Thus saith the king. Well, now the complaint emails are going to start rolling in. I'm glad you said that, Derek. We're in a fishbowl. It's a fishbowl. I can't breathe underwater. Instead of hitting your job, why don't you pray for your coworkers? Truth bomb. Dude, where are you going? This is not over. We're still recording. When was the last time you got murdered for your faith? I'm going with Never. No, he's not invited. I don't care. He's not coming on the he show. He's to come. He's not coming I've got on the show. Stacks and stacks of email. You've got mail. And welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 5th. <laughs> That's not your cue, man. We are, of course, the Hear You Kings. I for one cannot believe you just said that. I'll flip this table right here, Derek. I'm not he's afraid. A, he's a socialist. He's straight up a socialist. I'll shut up, the show There's Sean the Crazy. A new translation, please. Oh, that's not even a translation. Dude, flat earth. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. You're crazy. Oh, great. It's the only reason I read in third grade. Free pizza. Yes, they believe that. That's nonsense. And greetings and welcome to the Hear Ye Kings podcast. We Dude, this is episode one, man. Episode are you one. excited or what? <clears throat> this is the podcast where we herald the message of the one true living king, Jesus Christ. I'm your host, J.D. Walker. Alongside me is the bearded pirate, Derek Earl. The bearded pirate? Did you just come up with that? I'm going to come spot, up with something dude? different every week. That was amazing. You have a different name. I like it. I like it. The bearded pirate. I can do that. So, and of course, with us this week, drum roll. The fireball himself, Ed Fall. Ed Fall. Hi, Ed Fall. How are you? I'm all right. I've been called many things, never a fireball, but okay. Oh, okay. Well, you're very fireball-y to me, brother. I love you. (laughs) Uh Well, thank you so much, Ed. Our first guest, first podcast. How does it feel? Um, he already said the chairs were uncomfortable. Yeah, you, well, yeah. yeah we need. So that's how we need feels. better chairs in the studio. So if you're yeah. looking to support the podcast, <laughs> got it, we've got a need. Send in chairs. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's uh, it's, an, it's an interesting. It's an interesting format. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's awkward, but uh, it's a little different having a conversation to a bunch of microphones. But we're glad you're with us today. For sure. Well, I'm glad sure. to be here. I don't think everybody just wants to hear Derek and I. Just the two of us. I know. It's <laughs> kind of awkward. awkward. <laughs> so. Oh, well, good stuff, dude. Good stuff. Well, my week's going good. It's just another work week. So. Right. I've been excited about this. Though. Dude, I, had, I, I will say that I've had like dreams of like d- pulling off the first episode and just totally butchering it. <laughs> so I'm just going to be transparent and be like, yeah, I've, I've been kept awake at night. Yeah, if you're actually <laughs> listening to this and even someone enjoy this episode, if you could just email us. And just like, say, like, word, hey, we're only going to get complaint emails. I'd love some emails that was like, that was Wow, fun. that, that, was that cool. wasn't bad. That was amazing. I know. <laughs> so Jake, Not terrible. Th- yeah, this is like a shout out to Jake Bailey, please. Tell us, tell us if it lived up to please. the hype. <laughs> I haven't slept in three months, Jake. Just please let me know. Oh, goodness. Awesome, guys. Well, let's get into some ETC, shall we? Oh, boy. Welcome to all righty, everybody. This is ETC. That's emails, things that annoy me, and Crazy Town. We've got an email this week. Uh, from, how could that be? It's our first episode. Really? Well, we had an email last week too, though. I don't know how this keeps happening. From a future listener. Yeah, we, we have we have emails. Um, plenty of emails rolling in this week. Uh, it's a very specific email on 
on a specific promo code. It's not in the actually in the thing. I know you've got a, you've got a, another email from another person for our next episode, right? I do. I mean, okay. they've just been piling up. Yeah, they emails. have been piling up. All of these future listeners <laughs> just sending in tons of emails. This week, it's about hey, we heard that there was a T-shirt, which um, I think our other listener is going to be asking how to get one of these T-shirts. So we'll, we'll answer that later. But this week, it's on a promo code. And what is that promo code to be able to get twenty percent off the T-shirt? It's Simply hear you kings. kings. Type yeah. in that promo code and you're going to go ahead and get 20% off. It's good stuff, good stuff. Anyway, moving on right into things that annoy me. We're going to eventually get some emails in here that are real questions, hopefully. I'm just so, glad we have a things that annoy me section. I, like, I am too. This is it's my favorite part of our friendship is hearing all the things that annoy you. So this is my favorite part <laughs> really? of the podcast. Really? Is it? Is it? It just like, it brightens my day. <laughs> okay, what, what, well. What happened to Christian Grace? This is how Derek is sanctified uh, through so, this. It is. Uh, this is my, if you listen to the episode zero, this is my moment where I get to realize that I'm not as sanctified as I want to be, and there are still things that annoy me. Last week, we enjoyed hearing about your phone booth experience. Yes. So what yes. happened this so, week? Th- so this week, um, something else at the store got discontinued. And here's what I mean by that. It seems like every time I go to the grocery store that I like to go to, something has been discontinued that I like to buy. It started off with the chocolate walnut creamer that they discontinued. Even after I would buy the entire shelf of their their like their whole stock, I would just pile it into the cart. And then one week, I show up, and there's a little sticker there saying closeout sale. I'm like, really? I buy Appar- all of them. Apparently I'm not enough of them. I'm customer for it. Like, and so they discontinued that, and then they discontinued some cookies that I liked. And if Ed <laughs> oh, knows man. me, you don't this do that. This is getting you tragic. You don't do that. Yeah, so they were gingerbread cookies. They discontinued those, and now are only bringing them back for the holiday because apparently I, they're just holiday cookies. I can, I can, I can empathize with that kind of <sighs> suffering. Let's see what you don't understand. As a former grocer, let me just like enlighten you. <sighs> like These food the manufacturers are constantly coming out with new food, new product, new items. And there's only so much space to put them in. Yeah, but if so I'm the buying, one dude, the uh, one guy who's buying chocolate coffee creamer. If they're worried about space, I cleared the shelf. So they, all they had to do was call me and be like, hey, we don't have room. Can you come buy all of them again? I'd say yes. <laughs> okay, anyway. mo- mo- moving right along. Oh, that's, so that, that annoys me. And then, of course, then they discontinued. After that, they discontinued the teas that I was buying my wife. They discontinued those. And then the creamer that I replaced the discontinued creamer with, which you guys can see over on the counter there, they stopped selling that one only at my local store. But maybe, all the other stores in the area, same store. Maybe God's telling you I'm not sh- gonna you name, should shop somewhere else. I know, I should We're shop. We're not going to bring names into this, but I know Just where you do shop. It. Shop at least. It's a little hurtful. So. <laughs> all right, it's so that's, that, that frustrates me. I'm, I'm annoyed by discontinued <laughs> items. Or like, like shows that get canceled, right, like off Netflix. I, every time that Netflix thing comes out on Facebook, oh, yeah. like, hey, shows that are getting taken off this month, mm-hmm. I'm always terrified. That's why I never get anything done because I spend all my productivity hours like trying to binge watch every show that's about to come. Dude, off it's horrifying. It's they tried to discontinue Friends <laughs> on Netflix, and, oh, and people lost their minds. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. like you, if you took Friends off, or for me, The Office. If you took The Office off, I'd lose it. Right. I'd be Cancel my subscription. I would. Get a, get a life. Oh my gosh! Thank you, Ed. There's that fireball. <laughs> See, that we this is why you're here. <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff. Hey, we're gonna jump to a quick break, real fast, and we'll be right back. Hey, for whoa, our, whoa, 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 what? What? Uh, crazy Town. Oh my gosh, that's Hello? right. We have crazy Town. It's so, our first episode, and we can't even. We get are. I can't even get on the. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just. There's an my, outline in front of you, and everything. I'm gonna drink my coffee and sit back. Thanks. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine. But we were talking this week crazy town stuff. That's right. right. And we were That's talking about right. the news and kids. Maybe I was just nervous to bring this one up because this one is kind of... I uh, just... I. I want to know where the parents are today. Okay, so here's what happened. We saw on the news that there was an 11-year-old that apparently his parents have, have allowed him to... I don't even know if that's a, a fair 
way to bring this up. So he's, does he he's, have parents? He, he claims he, to be, I don't think he does. He claims to be transgender, so he claims to be a she. Uh, and his and his mom, at least, is, who's the person that's on the news, is allowing him to basically do full drag queen like dress up as a female. But here's here's where it gets. It's like, look, if you want to, if you yeah, got that going on, whatever. whatever. What's happened is they've got him dancing at a gay bar, and yeah. and the media is celebrating it. Right. Celebrating an eleven-year-old, and, and, and and so that was kind of like that triggered like, oh wow, maybe we should talk not so much about that specific issue because that's that's crazy in and of itself, but where are parents right. today? Because like, I mean, it's on? an eleven-year-old, and you were I saw that news story, and then the next day I saw a news story about a guy who'd been arrested for raping an eleven-year-old that he met. Wait for it on Tinder. On Tinder, yeah. How is an eleven-year-old on Tinder? So Ed, this Ed is a dating know what app. Tinder is. So this is how people I'm connect. Clueless in so Salt Lake. So. It's an app where you just say, "Hey, I'm lonely," and yeah. you meet people. And so this man met an 11 year old. I don't know. Well, I know there's I, a whole movement of like free range parenting, which, it, which to be fair, some of it is okay because some parents have been like overly like, "No, you can't go sure. outside the house because there are right. people out there." Like, right. well. Okay, let your kid live a little, um, and then uh, and then there's the other opposite yeah. polar side of that. It's like, oh, I have no idea where my child is. I don't <laughs> We've know. We've gone from one extreme to the other. Yeah, we've got to come and somewhere in the middle. I mean, so, so you've had Ed, you've had some children in your day. Uh, a while ago, yeah. A while ago, <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you a free range parent? Yeah. What kind a, of parent were you, Ed? Were you like totally hands on, just twenty four seven? I let them. You give them, give them some lead. Let them go. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you. Think about you know, the time that I grew up back in the fifties and sixties, seventies. You were at liberty to kind of go hang out with your friends. Sure. I remember going and just running up and down alleys and take, making go karts and doing whatever you wanted to do. And had to watch out for the dinosaurs. Well, you're the, exactly. But no, there wasn't. There, there, there's, well, there just wasn't the level of of um, fear. Number one and number two, I don't know that the threat was there to the same extent. Yeah. It seems that um, we live in times that, at least on the surface, we consider to be you know far more troubling than they were you know forty or fifty years ago. I'm not sure that's true. Hmm. I just think that the threats then weren't as um, visible. We, we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't consider them, and so we lived our lives. Even though the th- those threats might have been there, we li- we lived our lives perhaps in oblivious to those threats, and um, so. Did you, know, you, you have? You were, did you like wear seatbelts and stuff? Are you kidding me? I just, I remember, I just remember like I, I, being able I remember, to get in my grandparents' I, I car. I literally remember driving around with my dad when I was probably I don't know probably three or four years old, and I would stand sure. beside him on the seat. Of course, of a bench seat you know, in a 50, 50, what oh, was it, fifty six or fifty seven Chevy. You know? Now, now every car standing, has a five point I'm, harness. Yeah, I'm standing on <laughs> the, the seat. <laughs> And, and my dad, I'm, I'm driving down the street, and and and, and I'm pointing out cars. Yeah, it's, it's, that's an Oldsmobile. That's a Buick. That's a, it's like you know, kids and dinosaurs and kids yep, and cars. Yep. I had them all, and I, I I knew exactly what car. And I remember doing that. You know, literally, seatbelts. What were those? Yeah. I mean, they didn't they didn't come. They weren't mandatory until uh, I want to say the mid '60s. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't you you didn't have them, and of course there weren't. You know, you had no bucket seats. They were all bench seats. So yeah, um, yeah. I, well, I I think. I think at the end of the day, like we all need to kind of, at least as Christians, be thinking about what what does the Bible say about parenting for us? Sure. Because I mean that's that's crazy. That's what, that's what happens when when the culture departs from from faith, from Christianity, mm-hmm. to say that here are standards that God has laid out as for parents and how to how to raise your kids and how to do it well. And we've we've left that, and so and then we're surprised when well, things like this happen. Look, like, and we shouldn't be. Yeah, go go 
you know, go to Deuteronomy. What does it say about training up your child? To talking talking to him about the word. That's right. Uh, on the road as you go, and then if you look in Isaiah, uh, talks about um, the verse that says, uh, "Justice is, uh, stands far off, and righteousness is far away, because truth is stumbled in the public square, yeah. and uprightness cannot enter." And that's the times we live in. I told you he liked the Bible, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> all comes now down you, to God's word. It does. Okay. All right. I think now it's now it's. If you'd like to go to commercial, I'm sorry. Now, we got to jump to the commercial. Okay. Whatever. We'll be back in just a minute, guys. Everybody. Looking for a new T-shirt? Look no more. Head over to theologyattire.com. That's theologyattire.com. A brand company started by three friends with a mission to create jobs for evangelical missionaries and to be a blessing to local church plants. So whether you want a shirt with a catchy phrase like make Christianity great again, or you just want a shirt with your favorite theologian's face on it, Theology Attire is what you're looking for. And if you're listening to this right now, you are in luck. When you check out at theologyattire.com, put in the promo code Hear Ye Kings. The promo code Hear ye kings, all one word, and get 20% off your entire order only at theologyattire.com. It's theology on a t-shirt. Woo. So. Man, I can breathe now. I just hit it so fast, dude. That was crazy. Now what, Derek? Can't get enough of the Hear Ye Kings? Experience brand new episodes every Monday. Unlock exclusive content and discover bonus features only at hearyekings.com. Do you have questions, comments, or maybe a crazy town story to share? Send us an email at gestures at hearyekings.com. It's jesters. That's what I said. No, just jesters. Gestures. J-E-S-T-E-R-S. Jesters. Jest- Whoever. And as always, connect with us on Twitter. You can follow me at Josiah D. Walker or my sidekick at Derek underscore Earl, or both of us at Hear Ye Kings. Last but not least, long live the king. So I'm looking at these theology shirts right now, and they're pretty legit. So they are. They look pretty good. Check out theology huh? attire. If you didn't write down that promo code, it is Hear Ye Kings. All one word. Hard to remember, but easy to love. Hear Ye Kings. <laughs> You're gonna get that discount. Let's talk about the shirts. <laughs> Uh, All one word, hear you kings, 20% off theologyattire.com. Boom. Boom. All right, so now we're moving into the meat of the podcast, the whole point of our podcast. As much as I'd love to center the whole thing around things that annoy Derek, this is what we're here for, and uh, it's our main series. And we're starting off our first series, of course, today with uh, episode one. We're going to be talking through 20 basic things of the Christian faith, because as we've talked about in the past, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, or you're afraid to share your faith and, 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 and be public with what you believe, because... You don't know what kind of questions you're going to ask, or, or you've really never yeah, thought right. much that's about right. <laughs> these kind of kind of things. So, we're starting off this week uh, talking about what is the Bible. What is the Bible? And if you want to follow along, yeah. you can go to hearyekings.com/slash Christian Basics and uh, click on a Bible. It's like yeah, a picture right one. there. It says yeah. the Bible. It's got a picture, so it's easy to find. And you so. can check it out. This well, is, of course, loosely based on Wayne Grudem's book, Twenty Basics of the Christian Beliefs. Yep, so that's yep. kind of what we're walking through here. So, and uh, we've got a couple of Bibles here too. And you're so. and you're basically following the the same uh, table of contents or whatever, the same order of of yeah. questions that that uh, Grudem uh, addresses in his book, right? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, Derek could cut to a commercial at any moment, but that's the <laughs> I'm idea. Never gonna live that down. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, so, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? That's a good question. That's a million dollar question, right? Um, now. 
Well, so just basics off the top, it's 66 collective books, right, all piled into one book uh, based on a kind of a loose canon that we've got. Well, it's not really loose. It's pretty tightened Oops. down now, but it, it, early on they were they were trying to figure out what all to include in it, and we've narrowed it down to 66 books, over 40-plus authors, over a period of 1,500 years. I mean, that was written, so that's kind of like textbook, what is the Bible? Sure. Um, but there's certainly a lot more to it. What do you think, Ed? Well, I mean, the the... Yeah, it, 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 it stretches over, it was written over a period, um, the earliest books um, are credited uh, to the authorship of Moses, um, beginning about oh, between 14 and 1500 years ago, there's some estimates it might be even early, uh, later than that, but say 1500 years before Christ, and then the, uh, of course the Gospels and the letters that appear in the New Testament were written at or during or just shortly after Christ's mm-hmm. earthly ministry. So, yeah, spanning about 1,500 years and um, the, yeah, 44, I think it's 44 authors, 66 books if I remember right. Yep. Um, and the remarkable thing about the Bible is the continuity of the message, the story, if you will, um, that it that it presents. Um, it... It's a it's a book though that's easily misunderstood and easily dismissed by people that are not um, convicted of the truth that uh, lies within its uh, pages, and um, that's a condition that is pervasive among humanity for the reasons that it the Bible itself explains. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. well, so we know that within the sixty-six <clears throat> books too, like there are different narrative styles or different different literary styles sure. within it. Um, <clears throat> it's it's been kind of been labeled out that f- about forty-three percent of it is narrative, uh, which is interesting. And I mean, narrative is like storytelling, and 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 it's probably done in that uh, way because we're hardwired to understand stories. Like that's why uh, preachers will use uh, illustrations in their sermons. Like when as soon as you can relate it to a story, you take things that are abstract and then you you collectively uh, organize them in a story, and it helps you to understand them. So you got forty-three percent of the Bible; it's narrative. Thirty-three uh, percent ish, right in there, is poetry. Which uh, and the reason I'm bringing this up, like in the other piece of it, is uh, it's called <clears throat> prose um, discourse. It's basically speeches, essays, kind of a, a collection of logical uh, arguments, if you will, to help you arrive at a conclusion. So that, that's the kind of the breakdown: forty-three percent narrative, thirty-three percent poetry, and the rest, which is about twenty-four percent, is prose discourse. Now, the reason I say that is because when you go into like a library, uh, there's different sections. And if say the library all had had all these different books, but they were all had the same purpose, each of those sections would explain that end purpose differently. So if you walk into a, a nonfiction section or a, uh, a mystery section or a horror section or something like that, you've got all of these different ways of telling stories. And that really is what the combination of the 66 books is, is you've got books that are narrative, books that are poetry, books that are prose discourse, all saying the same story, but from different styles. Right. So it helps to understand those because if you don't and you go into it and you read the Bible without understanding the style that they were written in, uh, you could be all you over the map. Yeah, you can go into crazy. And, and that's something I had never really noticed before was that they all have kind of the overarching same story. Mm-hmm. And everything in there points directly to God, you know, directly to Jesus. Yeah. And that was something I discovered when we got a Jesus Storybook Bible for my daughter, you know, and started reading through that. I was like, oh my gosh, every story points to God. Well, I mean, that's something to be said about the Jesus Storybook Bible too. Like, so for listeners that maybe don't have never heard of that, if you would Google a Jesus Storybook Bible and look that up. Yeah. We'll post uh, a link. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so it's a children's Bible. I mean, it's full of pictures and it, and it, 
obviously it, it uh, not what it doesn't water down, but it, it kind of condenses down yeah. the Bible to some it of the real key stories. Yeah. And uh, but it's phenomenal. Like you read through it, we've had adults uh, come to the church who have read that and then go, "Wow!" Like I never understood some of these stories, and it's just simply right. because they either hadn't had any sort of a Bible background and were completely foreign to the idea of of the Bible and the Those stories. Those of us that have grown up in church take these Sunday school lessons for granted. For granted, that's that true. People have never heard. Well, it's it also, just, it's also a matter of the translations that have been used. A lot of people have grown up you know using like the King James the original King James version of the Bible which is you know it's old it's the the style of it is old English which sure. does not read well in the modern context so um, and that brings up another you know another question in terms of you know what is the Bible and and and, and that is how did how do we actually get it mm-hmm. um, how yeah. did how did it come down to us right. and why do we why do we regard it the way we do and as you know Chris, as Christians we regard it as as what the, un, the right. unadulterated, True. absolute, inspired Word of God, and right. um, and we can get into the reasons why we regard it as that. But um, it's it, it comes back to how did we get the Bible, and and going back to the authorship of it, you know, forty four individuals, most of them men. There might have been some women authors, but probably the majority of, of the, the writings were from from male authors. But um, that's really irrelevant because there are female, uh, there are women that fit, factor into the stories that are told in the Bible, and some of them very prominently. For sure. Um, but those authors, when they wrote this, um, just given the continuity of Scripture from start to finish, and particularly in the Old Testament, because we have to remember that um, the Jews, who are God's chosen people, the Old Testament was theirs. That was what was written for them, for them. Um, and, and these these people that wrote these books uh, were it, it, the belief is and it, and it and it comes out as you read this uh, these these documents the belief is that these people were inspired by God so in in, in a sense or in a manner of speaking um, it's not quite that like they're taking dictation but but they are certainly inspired by God so what you're getting is actually a message from God so you could regard uh, when, when we when we think about people in the Bible, you talk about the, you had, in the Old Testament, you had the priests mm-hmm. who were the people who talked to God on behalf of the people, but the prophets were the ones that talked to the people to on the behalf, people of, God. behalf and, of God. And so you could actually think of the writings in the Bible as, as being, they're all, in a sense, prophetic writings. They're all written by people that were prophets right. because they were, being, they were being talked to by God through the Spirit. And they were writing down what 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 was being given to them to write. Mm-hmm. That's good, so. man. That's good. So Wayne Grudem breaks down his chapter on what is the Bible into a few sections. I think we've got three of them here. Uh, he deals with the authority of the Bible, he deals with the clarity of the Bible, and then he deals with the sufficiency mm-hmm. of the Bible. So th- those are the three pieces that we're really going to be looking at today. And like we've said before, we're no experts. I mean, we're just normal dudes trying to right. talk about Absolutely. the Bible, and <clears throat> we're not scholars by any means. I'm certainly not as smart as Wayne Grudem. <laughs> and no. uh, so and that, we, we that, use references no, no, no. And, and resources like that yeah. because that's uh, that, that's what's out there. And that's the whole point of our podcast, to right. show that a couple dudes, three dudes, can just get together and talk about the Bible. Three, you don't right. have to be a scholar. Three amigos. Three amigos. <laughs> cool. So we're going to deal with uh, the authority 
majority of the Bible first. So let's look at that. So we've got three different verses here. So if you're following along, you can check those out if you've got them off the website. Uh, it's 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. We've got 1 Corinthians 15, 27, and John 17, 17. So and you might want to mention what uh, version of uh, you know the, what, yeah, what translation so I, you're using. I did think you pull the, these off ESV? ESV. Yeah, these are your ESV. Yeah, cool. So we're using ESV right now. If you've got something else, that's cool too. And anybody want to read that one, that's 2 Timothy? Sure. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, I mean, I think we probably could just stop there and for just a second right. and deal with that one. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, a go-to verse for a lot of uh, people that talk about the Bible. Like, what is the Bible? And so, well, it's, it's the it Word is. of God. It's breathed out by God. And, uh, and of course, within the the subject here, we're dealing with the authority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. The authority we're appealing to, or at least the Bible says here, you're appealing to God himself as the the source of these words. Right. And, and that's where you get authority. Any authority claim well, that you, points but, to somebody, it's got to end somewhere. And this one says God is the authority. So, so well, but, I mean, but it begs a question. Okay, so how do you determine that something is authoritative? Now, in, in this case, what, what what's happening is you're seeing... The word of what we call the word of God, the Bible itself, saying, "Hey, the Bible is authority, mm-hmm. uh, is authoritative." But f- I mean, in in our everyday lives, how do we regard something as being authoritative? What is what is it that we use as a as a measure for that? I think it's the source. That's where it comes from. You know. Well, I mean, all, so well, all. Yeah, I mean, well, you have. You, let me put it this way: you you have people that are in positions of authority, and so when they speak, you know, I mean, at least in in the past, you would regard what they say as being, what, truthful? Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, of course, in the modern time, I'm not sure that's, <laughs> that holds so much. But the point is that um, truth is the measure of authority, the truthfulness of something that's being said. Okay. And so, I, I mean... Well, so that's going to that's gonna come out in two, two verses later, John no, 17, no, 17. I, I, I know. So, I mean, so, yeah, you're right on but, track. Well, so one of the things here that I want to point out, too, is that any, any authority claim uh, to say that I have authority or that, or that, I ha- or that I've been given it or something, it, all authority claims are circular. In, right. Right. So when... Well, they are, but, they, but, 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 the, but there ultimately will be evidence of the, of the validity of it or the truthfulness of it. Because if you claim something's true and, and you go down the road and all of a sudden you, you see something contrary to that, right. then you're going to say, well, what it, what it's, it's no longer now true. Right. And, um, well, I mean, what I mean by that is like, I know when my kids will ask me something and I say yes or no, and they ask why, I can if I want to, and, and usually I don't, but I could if I wanted to reply and say, because I said so. Yeah. Because I'm because I'm the authority well, there, yeah, like, yeah. and and that, that's of course that's I'm, true. These yeah. are not parenting tips, like, so don't <laughs> run with that. Like, well, because I said so. That's the, but you could, and in this, the case of the Bible, people will ask, well, how do you know the Bible is true, or how do you know the Bible is authoritative? Well, because the Bible says but, it is. Yeah, that, 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 and, and that's so absolutely that's, that's that is absolutely one reason to believe it is because yeah. it says it's true. Yeah. Why? Well, because it's coming from God. Mm-hmm. But well, but to, for the benefit of people that are not, you know, that that aren't. It, at that point where they've, they've said, okay, I see sure. the Bible is the, the sole source of truth or the ultimate, you know, that is the measure mm-hmm. and it comes from God. If they're not there, 
Right. Then how are they going to regard this? Well, true, but know? even if they so, don't, and this is where I want to to stand on the Bible as as a Christian and and say that I don't want to go to some of these other arguments or or no. even give right. to the person who doesn't believe in the Bible like the liberty to be able to say, well, you know, I don't I don't believe in the Bible, so therefore you need to convince me that it's true hmm. outside of saying that the Bible says it's true because it right. it is true. Right. Like and because any claim that they want to appeal to, whether it's their reason, they're going to turn around and use well, reason they're, they're to do, show you why it's true. They're going to do right? the same. They're going to they're going to use a circular argument of their own, right? Um, but they won't. They won't recognize it as circular. They'll, they'll um, argue it from the point of view that it's oh, it's perfectly logical to arrive at at you know, a, if you will, a secular or atheistic view. If sure. that's where you're, if that's where you're going with that, mm-hmm. um, and and so. Well, it's it's like what is it? First Corinthians says, <laughs> "Scripture is foolishness to those who who are perishing." Which that's true. That's you know. true. All right, so we got the Bible. It's breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof. I mean, and some of this comes back to like you can appeal to the Bible sure. to say that, that here here is right and here is wrong because if it says if it's profitable for teaching and reproof and for correction, then it does contain truth, which is what the appeal you were kind of getting at earlier well, is that and, authority and, 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 really and, and, comes down to what's true. Yeah, what's true and what's right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And what's wrong. That's good. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, 27 says, For God has put all things in subjection under his feet, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected, is that right? He, he is Except- accepted, uh, who put all things in subjection under him? And I mean, so basically, you're dealing with a verse there that says that all things are in subjection no, it's, under. It's Paul. What do you want? Christ. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> and and so Jesus says the same thing in Matthew 28, right? Like he right. tells everybody, all authority's been given to mm-hmm. me, where in heaven and on earth. And so all things are in subjection under Jesus. So there's the authority of the Bible. The Bible is Jesus's words. And uh, John 17, I'll give you that one to you, Ed, because you mentioned it, John 17, 17. Well, that's, that's nice and short, yeah. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. That's right. Boom, there it Your is. Your word is truth. And as John says elsewhere, the truth shall set you free. Yep. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> truth bomb. <laughs> Awesome. So we can know that the Bible is true, not what? only because it says that it's true, but... Free from what, by the way? Oh, yeah. And there's a whole other question for a whole other episode, bro. <laughs> You're going to have to come back. <laughs> All right. We got the clarity of Scripture. Next. The clarity of Scripture. Does anybody want to talk about that before we get into it? Like, do you guys feel like the Bible is clear all the time? Um, no. It's... Things... Well, I mean, the Word says... Uh, what is it? It's... Uh, Help me here, Derek. I think it's Deuteronomy, or it's one of those. It says, uh, the hidden things remain, or are the Lord's, and um, those that are given us to understand are, are ours. Okay. And um, there is clearly stuff in Scripture that remains hidden to us. Now, as we grow in through reading the Bible and through, I don't know, I, I would say probably quiet time is more than anything else. Not necessarily reading, not necessarily listening to anything, just sometimes getting off by yourself and letting your mind wander on other things, every now and then you'll experience just revelation come to you. And you'll see something in Scripture that you, a truth that you'd never seen before. And um, so the Bible is very much like a, 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 like 
an onion. There's just layer upon layer upon layer of understanding. And um, this, the, I think, uh, is it? I think it's Alistair Begg that's uh, noted for saying, you know, the the, ma the main th in the Bible, the main things that it says are the plain things, mm -hmm. right. and the plain things are the main things. That's pretty and, good. And, oh, it's very good because good. It, it's saying. You tweet that. <laughs> uh, you know, well, but 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 what he's getting at is, you know, the, the things that God holds to be the most important things that we understand yeah. are the things that are most obvious. Right. In, in, in scripture as we read it. And so those are the ones that, you know, he really wants us to grasp, grab hold of and hold on to. That's good. And we've got three scriptures that really back that up, the clarity of scripture. First is Romans 10, 14, and Deuteronomy 29, 29. That's the one you were referencing just a minute ago. Oh, well, there, yeah. there you go. I'm, I'm not even looking at this. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking <laughs> on, on top of my head here, so. And, and Romans 1, 19. And the first one, Romans 10, 14, says how often... How then, excuse me, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Right. Yeah. So you, well, that's, that's, actually, that's actually talking in some, some measure about the, the, the call of all of us as Christians to preach the word so that we can be assured that people do hear it. Yep. But elsewhere in Romans, uh, Paul points out that... <laughs> Even in the absence of preaching, no one has an excuse for not knowing of God's existence because of the creation, because of everything we see right. around us. And most importantly, I mean, this is what really wrecked me lately, is because I've always been able to go out in the wilderness and I can see God in the mountains and God in the in the um, yeah you know in the in the snow covered peaks or down at the ocean. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. But you know, you know, you know the mm -hmm. part, you know the part of creation where which should absolutely point us to God more than anything else. Hmm. Other people. Other people. Yeah. In, what, in what, people, way? what do you mean? People are created. I mean, the creation was created, but man was specifically created in, in the image of God. Yeah. That's right. So, and I have a hard time with this because, I mean, so we really you know, should, you, be, you go, we should be billboards of who. Well, yeah, who but, God well, is. but think so about we're that. Constantly yeah, but, but think about that. I mean, I. <laughs> How many of us, I mean, we all are guilty. All of us are guilty of looking at people and judging them based on how they look. And we, we compare ourselves to other people all the time. And, and we have a hard time loving people that, are, are, that we consider to be unlovable. Right. And, and yet, we should be, when we look at them, think, consider the homeless or you know, prostitutes or something on the, on the street. Or, you know, and, and, and you go, I should be able to look at that person and I should be able to see God in that person more than I see God in everything else in creation around me. Wow. But I don't. No, that's I mean, hard, that's I'm, I'm guilty do, yeah. of not yeah. seeing it. But, I mean, but how I, often do you I hear should. people say like, oh, look at the mountains or oh, look at yeah, this yeah. vast, beautiful thing. Exactly. Oh, I just see, I see the beauty of God. Yeah. And yet we don't we see don't. it in, in the people. very creatures who were made in, in his in image. image. That's, no. that, that's a bit of an indictment on, on the way that we think. No. That's good. But I mean... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I know I'm guilty of that. No, oh, I, I am I'm too. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Well, so the second verse here was Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it really does deal with the clarity of scripture quite well. So it says that the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we, we may do all this words of this law. And so what he's saying there is that God has revealed to us and he's primarily through his word, right? right. That's, that's right. special yep. uh, divine revelation that in his word, here's, here's what belongs to us, what right. he's revealed. But, but, and then there are things, however, that aren't 
in in the book or in the words and to say right. they're not well there, revealed there to are us. things that are in the book that are not clear i mean we can sure. well, yeah, all we got to do is talk about revelation for a second <laughs> and we go what are you talking we, about that's super clear 70 AD. 70 yeah. AD. all right <laughs> well but you know what i'm saying there, there, so there's 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 definitely um, <laughs> prophetic right. writings in scripture and other things that i mean I, how often are you, when you're reading scripture you'll come across something that just seems totally out of place you go what 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 in the world yeah. is this? Well, so this was this was one of Calvin's like key verses that he would not fall back on, but yeah. but he rested in in understanding. So, so as he's writing the Institutes and as he's dealing with these big theological things that we talk about all the time, uh, he he would fall back on this verse and say, "Look, if there seems to be tension in something that." Romans says versus something that John says versus something that First Corinthians says. If there's any sort of like, oh, or we just don't understand this doctrine fully, or it doesn't seem to be spelled out as clear as it could be in the Bible, he would follow this verse and say, there are certain things that God has revealed to us, and that's good. And then there are certain things that he maybe hasn't spelled out, and maybe for our benefit, like that he's not going to tell us everything. That's one of the other parts about in uh, in reading through the Bible, and you've got those different pieces like narrative and poetry and and, right. and prose discourse. One of the the pieces that you see in old writing like this is there's a, a an amazing lack of certain details that we have today in modern storytelling like you get to the garden and, and we're not even told what the fruit is that they right. ate yeah we just like you'd think that would be a big detail that you'd want to put in and so of course we go in and we fill in the gaps and for a long time everyone's like oh it was an apple like well, but, well no it wasn't but story storytelling in large measure you know if you're talking about you know off People that write stories, sure. You're, you're. It's a form of entertainment, and I'm not all of it is, but but much of it is. And um, but the Bible's not written. The Bible was not written as a form of entertainment. <laughs> no, no. It was, <laughs> um, it was written um, for other purposes. Uh, that God is the only one that knows fully what those purposes are. But um, it, it's not meant to entertain. It's meant to um, to teach. Mm-hmm. As much as anything, yep. and to inspire hope. Yeah. So well, I mean, so and even in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, what what he gets at there is he says that the there are secret things that belong to God, but the things that he's revealed to us. So everything in the Bible that, right. that can be understood, not only has it been revealed to us, it belongs to us. Like in the sense that like we can take ownership over this in the way that like this should be able to transform our lives. We should be able to put a finger down on a verse and say this means this, and and run with it with some confidence. Yeah. But 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 be careful True. how you handle it. Why? Because the word. The Lord is a two-edged sword. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I mean, there's the other piece of this too is it. is something we we've dealt with at church before, right. and and our pastor always tells us like, look, there's a, a degree of certainty that you should have with certain things, and right. if you're going to be like jump all the way to, well, I'm a hundred percent certain, like you better darn sure be certain before you right. get on that. And yep. so we need to be again gracious with with people who maybe haven't arrived at a conclusion we've arrived at, or somebody who has arrived at a conclusion that we haven't. Because, you know, are you 100% sure on everything you've ever read in the Bible? Like, no. So let's be gracious with how we read it. Treat it very carefully because it is. It's God's word. You're you're handling what in a manner of speaking is a weapon. Yeah. The bottom line of the most important thing is that you're actually reading it. I mean, how many people go, oh, God's just not speaking to me. Well, you're not reading that's true. That's true. I saw, I, I saw a well, meme one time. It was like it was somebody kneeling and praying. It was like, "Lord, please talk to me, please." And then this giant divine hand comes out of the clouds with a Bible in it and hands it. Like, here you go. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. 
So if you've got a Bible sitting at home and it's dusty, pick it up. Let's yeah. read it. Awesome. Hopefully you're doing that right now. We've got one more verse in the Clarity of Scripture. It's Romans 1, 19. It says, for what can be known about God oh, is This is, this is what I was referring to yep. earlier in you know, Romans, 1, Romans 1, where it talks about no one having excuse. That's true. Yeah, God is uh, for not knowing himself. of God's existence. So it says, you know, one uh, verse one nineteen says, "For what can be known about God is plain to them," and the "them" here is referring to all of mankind, That's right. because God has shown it to them. And this this is, you know, in brevity. That I mean, if we were to read verses either side of this, it's going to talk about the creation. The, you know, everything around us has been made by God, and is uh, just the fact that it's that it's ordered, that it's predictable. Mm-hmm. It, it clearly has authorship for those reasons. I mean, we could, we're not going to go on yeah. down that road right now. But. So we've got one more section here. It is the sufficiency of Scripture. And uh, the sufficiency of the Bible is kind of listed out in, in Psalm 119.1. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. And I think he included this verse because he wanted to show you that the Bible is sufficient in that it could, it could show you how to live. Sure. That if you would walk in the ways of the Lord, your, your ways would be blameless. Mm. I mean, so what what more would you need? Right. So the Bible well, has that for you if you would take it. It's good. And then Second Timothy three well, and, uh, sixteen and seventeen. So, we've read that, and that's well. And what's that other verse in Psalm one nineteen? It's um, look it up. Oh, I've I, I, I've I've treasured uh, your word in my heart uh, so that I might not sin against thee. That's right. And. Yeah, but but the the catch there is, you know, the the who walk in the law of the Lord. Yeah, and that walk is um, precipitous to say the least. It's not precipitous. Something. What is <laughs> well, it? No, it's not, it's not. I don't even know what precipitous means. It's like, steep. It's a sharp edge. It's like it's I thought like, it was like gonna, rain or something. You're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it. Oh. I mean, that's the whole point of the Old Testament is to show is was to show the. Israelites, they, they couldn't walk yeah. in the way of the Lord and the law of the Lord, and hence the, yeah. the, the need for Christ. The need for Christ. That's right. Yeah. So we've got some questions here, Josiah. Well, we know the Bible's authoritative. Did you we read? No, no, wait. Did you read the, well, did you the read second, second one? Was second Timothy. We, yeah, we read, read that. that one before, oh, but, right, but, okay. it, but it answers the same thing. So not only was it part of the authority of the Bible that God breathed it out, that it's yeah, useful for correction, it. <laughs> it's also part of the sufficiency of Scripture mm-hmm. because it is useful for, look at all the things in there. You got, it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. Well, that's life. Right. It's, right? it's a book so, for I mean, life, it, man. Yeah, so if, if, it's, if uh, the Bible is useful for those things completely, then, then it's, it's right. all sufficient. So knowing this about the Bible, how often should we be reading it? So, so that one I want to just deal with real fast. Uh, I, I watched a thing earlier today on dealing with the Bible, and, and they said that in uh, Psalm one where it said oh, yeah, that, that would, I was reading that today. Yeah. yeah where he says uh, like he meditates on the Bible day and night, right? This is right. what David writes. He goes, I meditate on the Bible day and night. Well the word meditate in Hebrew meant to like mutter. So, yeah, he's probably, so he's, what, he's, what it was is like the idea being reciting reciting back reciting back the, the scriptures to himself, probably. Yeah, maybe even and with the word how it says to mutter almost out loud to yourself, like you're mutter, almost like you're talking to yourself. Yeah, like I do in my shop yeah. all the time when I'm by myself and yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So if you were if you were reading Psalm one and it said, I meditate on the word of God day and night, or on God's law day and night, that would have been kind of what would have been brought to mind to the Hebrew reading it. They would have been like, Oh, I'm I'm reciting it literally out loud, almost like I'm muttering to myself day and night. So you're constantly preaching the word to yourself. That's what it meant to 
to meditate on it. So I thought that was just kind of helpful in thinking about how often should we read it. Well, well it should be something way, that's on your lips always. But that's almost uh, what it's not. What's the other? It's De- Deuteronomy. That's what Deuteronomy six is basically getting at. Isn't it's six? Isn't it? Where he talks about. Um, Teach your, you know, instruct your children, talk about the scriptures mm-hmm. while you're walking down the road and when you're, you know, at home yeah, at night right. and so forth. That's the same idea. Yeah. Is not only, not only sit down and read them, but then after you've read them, be, have them on your mind and be discussing them. Kind of like what we're doing right here. Well, we're, and, the, and the, here. the purpose of that too is when you have something on your mind, so, say you have something so, like you're like me and super unsanctified and you've got things that annoy you. <laughs> when things that annoy <laughs> you and like they're me? right in the front of your mind all the time, right. you almost can't really focus on other things it, to the extent that you need to if you're like going about your day. That thing is always right there. And so everything you come in contact with goes through the filter of whatever that thing is that's well, on your mind. Well, and so it, if it's the Bible, if the Bible right. is that thing that is but, on your mind always, you'll go through life living in a way that everything is getting filtered through that. Yeah, well, what, was that's it, what was the, 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 the Jewish custom of um, the frontals? of uh, Right. They, I, I, I want to say they, they, like the Orthodox would, um, they may still do it, but they, I think they would write certain scriptures and, and put it in a little, I don't know, yeah. I guess a box or something. And yeah, if you tie, tie it around their, tie around their Jewish garb, tie, tie, they've got that big yeah. black box yeah, thing yeah, right yeah, on the and, front and of their And head. that was to actually It's like put, an N64 rumble pack. <laughs> well, no, no. But, <laughs> it's like right but, there. But, no, you know, don't, yeah, it is comical. But but I, but I that so was to awesome. put, yeah. but that was to put, yeah, I think they would write they verses would, on there yep. and they would, they would put it on their forehead in, 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 a, in a very physical, visible way. That was the idea was, a reminder of what is what's being referred to in Scripture about, and what you're what you're picking up there in Psalm one about meditating on on God's word and, and keeping it in the forefront of your mind. It's yeah, amazing exactly. how when you do that, how different your life is. What, you, know, what you mean I, when you when you put when a you, box on your forehead? Exactly. <laughs> but when you get that rumble pack lock, makes it hard to wear a hat. <laughs> no, but when I'm reading God's word, when I'm writing down a verse, sticking it on a note card, putting it in my pocket, I feel like I'm more patient with my wife. I'm more, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm happier. I'm more joyful. What if tattoos? Like, do tattoos do the same thing? You know, they, they work for me. <laughs> they work for me. No, but we've got verses like spread out in, in our house. Whether it's on a calendar, you've right. got calendar verses or something on the wall, right. and up, like one by the front door. And they do help uh, to be straight. Well, they serve as reminders when you're walking around the house. And I'm frustrated when I get frustrated, yeah. and I, I walk around a corner, and there's a verse, and it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, right. it's like God's right talking to me. Well, you know, <laughs> amazing. I've, I've had, I've had a. I, Quite a number of instances where, where yeah, it's, well, you're, what you're getting at is also the other the other tool is is you know, memorizing certain verses, and and, yep. and of course, we all have favorite verses, you know, that we that we for some reason that particular verse speaks to us, and and I've uh, I've had countless instances where something will something will come up in life, um, and and I'll, and you'll go, ah, you know, what am, how am I going to handle this? What's what's going on? What am I going to do? And 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 you and you're, you're at a decision point. And it's like. And you're you're struggling to muscle through it mm-hmm. in yeah. your own will and and you know evaluating choices and whatever. And I had I had an instance recently um, where, where I was trying to decide. I was we were this one Teresa and I were driving over to the coast in in our vintage car, <laughs> and and the clutch started to go out. And you know and you go well you know we were only fifty miles from home and we had another eight hundred or. <clears throat> thousand, oh boy, <clears throat> thousand miles ago, it's like, well, do I turn around and go home? And I, I thought, oh gosh, what do we do? And and all of a sudden, this this verse pops in my head. Um, it's when uh, the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, and and God's leading them out, and 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 they were, I don't know, they were scared, frightened, whatever, with, with the Egyptians coming up on them. Yeah. And it, I I can't remember the verse. I want to. It's I can't. I'd have to go find it now, but. 
basically what God tells Moses is, is to tell the people, be silent, be still, you don't have to do anything. Watch, behold salvation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this verse pops into my mind and I'm, while I'm driving the car trying to nurse the clutch and I'm, and I'm going, okay, God's saying, behold the salvation of the Lord. We just go. Yeah. So, you know, you make a mile, good. Make another mile. <laughs> we, yeah. got, we got all the way over there. I mean, if God can get the Israelites out of Egypt, <laughs> and, well, certainly the, he can get the, you 800 miles. Well, but the funny thing is the car, the, we get to where we're going and the clutch goes out. And, and when I'm when I'm there, I've got all my buddies over there because sure. it was a car show we were going yeah, to. Yeah. We pull the engine and fix the car the next day. Oh, <laughs> so it was pretty providential. Well, so you shall mentioned we say. you mentioned God bringing uh, the people out of Egypt, right? The Hebrews out of Egypt. Yeah. And it just reminded me of something. So in my my little study earlier, where I was looking at all of these narrative styles within Scripture, they pulled out one, and I think it's just interesting to bring up because if there's anybody out there who hasn't felt interested in reading the Bible. Cause I think that's a big issue is like, like, Oh, I want right. to read my Bible, but I feel like every time I read it, it's just kind of, what are these old stories about? And why am I reading this? And it's just kind of, so the average person who they yes. probably have dust on their Bible right now, listening to this, uh, I, I read something and I thought, wow, that's actually really interesting. And it was talking about the narrative overarching narrative in the Bible, where there's all these different similarities that kind of come into the Bible throughout the ages that it's being written in. So you had the very beginning, uh, it was a concept of water. They used an imagery of water, the authors of the Bible. And then you've got at creation that God brought, he separated the waters from the waters and the land came up. And so there was this idea of going through the waters and providing safety or something now that was secure. And then from there you have Noah, right? And and God brings Noah and his family uh, through the waters of the flood to safety and security. And then you have Moses where he parts the sea and brings the Egyptian or brings the Hebrews out of Egypt and through the waters to safety and security. And then Joshua right after that, where he through, parts, yeah, through the, through the and Jordan. brings them through yeah. the waters to safety and security. And then you have Jesus be baptized into the water and out of the water, through the waters, right? Into uh, what we know as like a forgiveness of sins, like baptism. Uh, and then you have in the end, in Revelation, you, you talk, it, the Bible talks about how there's going to be no more sea, so that there'll be no more need to get, bring you through the waters that you have arrived at safety and security uh, in the end. It was just kind of this really neat, like yeah. throughout the entire narrative of the Bible, this concept of, of bringing through the water. So if that sparks any kind of an interest in somebody who is maybe like never tried to tackle the entirety of the Bible, it's like, right. look, there are some really cool stuff in here, and it's not meant to just be something that you breeze through once. Like sure. that idea oh, that yeah. you're meditating on it all the time is the Bible something you read and then reread and then reread it again and think about it and then reread it again and every single time God is going to talk to you. Well, you'll yeah, see. Yeah. You'll and, s- and God's talking to you all the time through it. Like, and you'll see things that you never saw. Maybe yeah, you've read it a yeah. hundred times and then you read it a hundred and first time and you go, whoa, I never saw that. And it's just mind I love when somebody preaches on a verse or I read a verse or is, is, is shared and I see something new in it. I'm like, where'd that come from? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that, exactly. That was kind of what I was getting at earlier. Or, or you'll, the other thing that will happen oftentimes is <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be reading scripture and you'll come across some verse and then, you know, you'll, a little while later, same day or day or two later, you'll be listening to the radio, uh, you know, a sermon on the radio, mm-hmm. and boom, he's preaching out the same thing. Here's that same verse again. Yeah. And then the following Sunday, your pastor's up there yep. <laughs> preaching, yeah. and and he makes a, you know, he, he he's preaching on something else, but oh, by the way, you know, this verse that you yeah. just seen three or four times the rest of the week, yeah. and, you, and you, go, you have to pause in that moment and say, okay, God, what do you, 
what are you trying to get right. me to see here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a quote so, here for us, Joseph. We got lots of questions. Probably yeah. we could answer, I mean, but we're we getting short on time. Hours about this. That's right. What's the, your quote here? I, I saw an amazing sermon this week by Vody Bacham, and I'm going to post the link to it on our podcast page. But you know, people are always arguing: How can you trust the Bible? How can you believe in it? Some people say, "Well, it worked for me," or "I was raised that way." And then the sermon he talks about how that doesn't work. <clears throat> but what you have to look at is how it's a reliable collection of historical documents that are written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. That's right. And these people report supernatural events that took place in the fulfillment of specific, specific prophecy and claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. And um, that's how you can believe in the Bible. Boom. People are always arguing over translation and transmission and, well, we can't trust it. And well, yeah. You, you can. We, we didn't really even address the question of, you know, translations and, and you know, when, going back to the authority of Scripture and how to, you know, we we don't we we didn't really get in delve into too much sure. how we how we got the Bible in its current form but yeah that goes back to the original writings were in what uh, well in the Old Testament would have been uh, ancient Hebrew um, I don't know if they were any in Aramaic but yeah. New Testament was um, New Testament was all largely Aramaic. was it no it was New yeah, Testament New Testament was Aramaic no, it was Greek. Greek no it was Aramaic. Jesus spoke Aramaic. Well, but I think the texts, I don't know if they were written in Greek or Aramaic, but I know Jesus spoke Aramaic. Maybe well, I mean, you have an opinion? Like we said, none of us are experts. So, <laughs> is his uh, mic you know, louder than everybody's? Like, I don't just, know. No, I'm just, I'm just yelling. That's why I, <laughs> I, yeah, I could be totally wrong. I have no idea. I know that Jesus, I'm pretty sure that Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke Aramaic, but well, I don't know did, if but the I thought that the I thought that the authorship, I think the letters, like Paul's letters and so forth, they were written in ancient Greek. So, but but you have the the original languages that the Bible was written in, and um, scholars are out there like, oh my goodness, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> your head against the table. They are like hey, these guys. You're not they're fine. Up. They're they're at liberty to chime in and you <laughs> know right. write in and email say, us. Okay, you know, correct Come us. Be a guest. By all means, correct us. But but the point is that um, you know we, we've got multiple multiple uh, uh, copies of many of these manuscripts yeah. of the of the Bible, and the yeah. there is no there essentially is no error. Yeah. In terms of the the meaning that's that's transmitted in in the in the writings uh, in in these ancient texts, and from that we derive, you know, the English versions we have. And yeah, you can get into arguments about well, you've got umpteen different English versions. Mm-hmm. I get it, but there's a reason for that, and the reason primarily is because the English language is a very imprecise language, whereas the ancient Hebrew, ancient Greek, yeah. were much more precise in what in what the meanings of words were. We're we're very lazy people, and we we muddy up the meanings of words so badly that um, it, uh, you, can, you end up with the ability or, uh, to translate things using different words, which yeah. is why we end up with so many different English versions sure. of it. That's true. Well, one of the things I think that hopefully goes through in this podcast that people get, that listeners can hear, is that uh, God, who is the, the all-powerful <laughs> God of the entire universe, didn't leave us in a spot where we were just kind of like, I wonder who he is. Yep, I wonder what own. he wants. Like, he spoke to us. That says something that the God of all creation would reveal himself in such clarity and with such sufficiency to, to give us something that stands the test of time, which is writing, well, and, he, and he delivers this book to us. I mean, that's just beautiful. It well, really it, is, it, it, yeah. and it actually speaks to you know one of the other subjects or questions that we're going to get to, which are you know kind we of we might not get to it. Bro. We're not going to get to today, <laughs> but I'm just saying you know the attributes of God. You know, if, if God is who He says He is, who, who is the supreme yeah. being that He's omniscient, He's you know 
he basically has sovereignty over everything, then we can rest in the knowledge that this has come to us yep. unadulterated, and it's it, yeah. and it's and it is truthful, and we can rely on it. Amen. So. Well, hopefully, people got something good yeah. out of that. What is the Bible? If you got more questions, or if you got, we've you got a whole other list of questions here. Even, I know, you didn't even I know. Get to them. So we're just scratching so, the surface. I know. We've so got what like you, well, what are you doing? About, what are you doing sheesh. until five? I mean, who, who you're, cares? You're you good. Know? You're good. <laughs> we've got questions about other holy books and whether or not you should believe it, and whether it's been corrupted. But we'll have to. Email in if you want if you want those questions answered. If you, you want something a little more than that, email in. We'll talk to you on our blog. We'll talk to you on Twitter. We'll hey, we'll have you on the show and do a Bible 2.0 like episode. I think but we're gonna cut to commercial break. We will be right back. Are you tired of sitting around not knowing what to do? Why don't you head on over to AEKings.com? That's right, AEKings.com for the latest, greatest in Christian podcasting. And when you're done with that, head over to Facebook at AEKings and Twitter, AEKings and Instagram at AEKings. This ad was paid for by the Royal Treasury of the Ye Kings in the hopes that you would hear the name Ye Kings so many times that you wouldn't be able to get it out of your mind until you subscribe to the Ye Kings. Well, like I said, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. It's it's hard to really sum up the entire Bible in an hour podcast or really three is. hours, however long we've been talking. It really is. So if you don't that have would a copy a, of Wayne Grudem's that would be book, a miracle. You know, pick it up. Pick up a copy of, of 20 Basic Things Every Christian Should Believe. Or if you're feeling real advantageous, pick up his Systematic Theology book. That's a big one. Pour into that. That's a big one. So... But, you know, like Derek said, you know, uh, send us an email. Let's continue this conversation outside of this podcast. Um, Next week, I'm really excited. I'm hoping Ed will come back and join us again. Um, If he does, we're going to be talking about what God's like. Which will be even Man. harder to sum up in Seriously, 50 minutes. How are we going to do well, that? We, we almost so. got into that today. We just keep going, you know? <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep that going. So, lots of opinions, misconceptions about that, lots of assumptions. So, we're going to look at what God's like. But like I said, make sure you subscribe to our weekly podcast. Follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Josiah D. Walker. Derek, you're at... At Derek underscore Earl. Or both of us together here at Hear Ye Kings. Kings. That's right. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that this has been uh, valuable to you and that you've been excited about the podcast coming up. And and it's here, man. This is episode one. We finally did it. Boom. We got it. We got it. So as always, our mission is to proclaim the message of the king. And when the culture wants to come out and play king of the Hear Ye Hill, we're going to take the hill every time because we're the Hear Ye Kings. As we mentioned earlier today, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, long live the king. <laughs>